SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team back again tomorrow at 6pm here on SAFM. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7. This is SAFM Sports Wrap and we pay tributes to former Protea captain Clive Rice today. Those tributes continue to pour in. He passed away this morning after a long battle with a brain tumour. Rice, who turned 66 just five days ago, was the first captain of the Proteas and led the first post-isolation tour to India back in 1991. Domestically, he was captain of Transvaal's Mean Machine, as it was known back then, a team that dominated South African cricket in the 1980s. The all-rounder amassed more than 39,000 runs in first-class and limited overs cricket and took more than 1,500 wickets. Following his retirement from the game, Rice became the first director of Cricket South Africa's National Academy. Current Proteus coach Russell Domingo took some time out in Bangladesh ahead of the second test match to share a couple of his memories of the late captain. Well, I suppose everybody remembers the Hamdinger in Port Elizabeth against the Australian Rebel side, where I think he got a hat-trick and won the game in the last over with some unbelievable death bowling. Um, and obviously the leadership of the Mean Machine cricket team is never say die attitude and um, just the way that that particular old Transvaal team dominates African cricket, which he was the leader, was a uh, testament to his leadership, I suppose. One of Clive Rice's teammates, Jimmy Cook, also paid tribute to the great man. I just think he was, he was a fantastic man, Clive, apart from the fact that he was a brilliant cricketer and a, a wonderful father and a great husband and things like that. He was just a fantastic guy, um, you know, to be around him. And he, he was our captain, but he was always one of the guys as well. He was never like aloof or anything, said, I'm the captain of this team and blah, blah, blah. He was always, you know, there, one of the boys, always getting stuck in. Um, the thing that always stuck out for me about him was his competitive nature. He was always extremely competitive on the field, never gave an inch, never asked for anything and never gave. But, but off the field, just a really mild, wonderful guy. As a mark of respect, the Proteas will wear black armbands in their test match against Bangladesh. That gets underway on Thursday. On to football, Supersport United and Bafana Bafana midfielder Tuso Pala has been appointed as captain of Supersport United for the upcoming season. Matasansa's player of the season last season says he's relishing the opportunity. Yeah, obviously it comes with uh, more responsibility on and off the field. But uh, for me, it's just to lead the team. You know, uh, the coach showed confidence in me. But I mean, we have a lot of leaders on the field. We have uh, Bongani, we have uh, Clayton Daniels, who we play. We like all leaders on the field. So it's just for me to wait and uh, to lead the team. Palace says he's looking forward to leading a team that also includes the likes of New Zealander Jeremy Brocky and is excited about playing alongside him once again. Such players who are from overseas, there's a lot to learn from them, their technique, their movement, and I'm very close to him, you know, he advises me where he sees I need to be advised, so, yeah, working with him, starting the season with him, hopefully next season, you know, our combination will, more, will work more, more convincingly and, and will get us the goals that we want. Meanwhile, defending champions Kaiser Chiefs also appointed their new captain, Simpiwe Chabalala, will wear the captain's armband for the upcoming season. They, their coach, Steve Compella, says he's also excited about some of the young talent that's at his disposal this season. Compella says with the likes of Henrik Ekstein and midfielder Andy Siwe Mtsila, the future is bright at Naturina. You would not have known about Dr. Kumalo if the coach then did not want to play a youngster. So if a boy is capable enough, you can work on their nerves, they give you their ability, and they gel well with the club. Listen, what stops you from using them? Why can't you make history have a 17-year-old, 20-year-old breaking records at Chiefs? So be it. Some good news for Chiefs too. Compella confirmed that Eric Matoho should be ready when the 2015-2016 campaign kicks off in a week's time.
Tower has started training with us. He's okay, but obviously there's a certain degree of pain on the toe. But he should be ready. Tower should be ready. Chiefs play Orlando Pirates in the Carling Black Label Cup at the FNB Stadium next weekend in the season opener. It should be a cracker. It is sold out. In transfer news, Atletico Madrid have re-signed fullback Philippe Luis from Chelsea. Juventus defender Leonardo Bonucci has penned a new five-year contract that will keep him at the club until 2020. And Bayern Munich confirmed that they've signed Arturo Vidal from Juventus on a four-year contract. News out of the Springbok camp is that Frank Francois Lowe and prop Yanni Duplessis will miss next Saturday's Rugby Championship clash against Argentina due to a shoulder and knee injury respectively. Good news though, Vincent Koch and Warren Whiteley should be fit for that clash in Durban. Jean de Villiers, Farid Dupree at Willem Albert, Jan Sarfontein, Marcel Kutsia and Steven Kitsov are still injury concerns and their fitness and availability will be assessed next Monday. The Golden Lions have appointed flank Yaku Kriel as their captain for the upcoming Curry Cup season. Whiteley led the Lions during the 2015-2016 rugby campaign uh, rather 2015 Super Rugby campaign but he is part of the Springbok setup with Heine Kamea and he's currently unavailable for provincial duty so Creel takes over and finally history made in American football today Jen Welter has been appointed as the linebacker coach for the Arizona Cardinals and in doing so she becomes the first female coach in the NFL coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap we continue that tribute to Clive Rice and we chat to former pro tier Pat Simcox SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. I'd love it if you shared your memories of Clive Rice with us. You can SMS 34701. Those SMSs aren't charged to two rand. You can also tweet us or pop us a message on Facebook. Just search for SAFM Sports Wrap. Time now to touch base with uh, another icon of South African cricket. He played for, for many years at the highest level. And uh, joining us now to share some of his memories of the late Clive Rice is Pat Simcox. Pat, welcome on to uh, SAFM Sports Rep. Thank you for taking the time to chat to us tonight. My pleasure, Brad. Uh, good evening to all the listeners. Pat, it's a, a difficult day for, for the entire cricketing fraternity here in South Africa. Clive Rice was, uh, was a, a legend uh, in, in the sport, and uh, he, he played a huge role on, in, in South African cricket, both on and off the field. Yes, he certainly did, and it is, a, it is indeed a sad day for South Africa, um, you know, not only in the cricketing fraternity, but just in general, the sporting world, and I guess the rest of the world as well. You know, All the cricketing uh, families around the world were seen the, the, the sad news on all the websites and people would have stopped and thought about Clive Rice and what he did in his cricket career and what he'd done after cricket, you know. So very sad, very sad for all, for all, all concerned. And of course for his family, let's, let's not forget how, how sad, devastated they must be. Pat, Clive played, uh, he played three one-day internationals. He would have played a, a lot more if it uh, wasn't for, for the circumstances in our country at the time, and, and rightly so, we weren't playing. But uh, he, he was, I mean, if you look at the way he's been appreciated on the international stage today, and I think of the ICC and the statement that they've released uh, in, in, in honour of him, it, it says a lot about a, a man who, who played most of his cricket domestically in South Africa. Yes, he did play in England as well, and, and played on a couple of Rebel tours, and, and, and that uh, Kerry Packer uh, sort of uh, rebel uh, series as well but uh, he, he was just an incredible incredible talent he was you know and he was one of, of a few players during the 70, late 70s and 80s um, that uh, we couldn't play the national cricket and there was a whole heap of them you know that, that went and played their trade around the world you know I'm talking about Mike Proctor's and Daly Richards and Kenny McEwen and Golf Peru and, and, you know, there was a whole heap of them, Grant Pollock a little bit, and, and many others that, that, you know, we forget about. 
but Vince van der Beyl, and there was a whole lot of them. And really, the essence of those group was the 1971 tour that was cancelled, and Rossi was 22 uh, when that tour was cancelled. So you can feel, you can think, at 22 years old, he is like a young Quinton de Kocki today, and that opportunity was taken away, rightly or wrongly, whatever it may be. He had really not much to do with the system. So at the end of it, he walks away, and he then goes on to the next phase of his life, plays county cricket, and does exceptionally well, and competes on that stage. With At that time, county cricket was really a very strong base for all world cricketers, you know, from Sobers, all the West Indian players there, Richard Hadley, all the England players, and Rice stood out amongst those players. You know, he was revered by his peers. And I don't think you can get a greater honour in any walk of of thing that you do than to be revered by your own peers. You know, your your, your peers will tell you how really good you were. And, and Rice fits into that category pretty well. Pat, you mentioned Quinton de Kock, and it's interesting when you put it into perspective like that, that his opportunity to play international cricket was taken away at that age, and we all know what we were like at that age. It's often easy to to throw your toys out of the cot and go, you know what, I've had enough of this and I'm walking away from the game, but he didn't. He he decided he was going to stick around and, and make a name for himself, and, and he stuck around for a long time. He ended up playing for the Proteas back in 1991. What do you think it was that, that really drove him to, to perform at, at such a high level, knowing that there's probably a good chance he's not going to get to play international Crick and represent his country? Well, I think that era lived day by day, week by week, month by month, hoping and praying that at some point the world would open up for the gate for South Africa. And there were many moves being made by, um, by Ali and, and many people, and then the rebel tourists came. And, and, and really, the Curry Cup system was known as a very, very strong system in South Africa. So that really drove a lot of the players to compete against each other. I mean, Western Province, Transvaal played, Eastern Province, you know, the, the famous Rice and LaRue's playing against each other. Those really got them up for, for domestic season and then obviously just putting run scores in the doors internationally wherever they had the opportunity to play the Kerry Packer series and of course country cricket where it was well covered, televised, etc. That's where they really, you know, climbed in and performed. And that kept them going, you know, every day hoping that at some point keep their skills going long enough for at some stage South Africa to come back into world cricket and be accepted back. And it did. It came well at least it came for him. You know, there were players that didn't get the opportunity to come back and play a, a a one day or a test match, you know. Rice didn't play a test match. Peter Kirsten came back, played, I think, two or three. You know, Jimmy Cook was also past his prime. He played one or two. Um, and so that era just lost out on it. But Rice, if you keep going for that long, as a fast bowler, it was a hell of an effort. You know, he batted at five. He was captain of the mean machine and brought in those great players and captained them all. So he dressed for, for really being on top of the game in the world all the time. Was, was quite amazing. He, he never lost that fire. And that says a lot about Clive Rice, you know. He never lost the fire to compete at the highest level all the time. Consummate professional and really someone who, who analyzed the game and was a student of the game and had, had so much to offer him. Huh? And then, of course, I think all hats off to, to Ali at the stage when he knew Rice had so much to offer and him and Hilton Ackerman ran the academy for a period of a couple of years. And they brought a lot of youngsters through there that today, um, you know, benefited out of that, that period where Clive 
headed up, started the Cricket Academy, South Africa's Academy. Pat, and then finally, just to wrap up, uh, a memory of yours that you'll always think back of Clive Rice with, with fond memories, one that really sticks out for you? Oh, so many, you know. I shared a room with him for the, his last three years at Mattel. So we had a lot of fun there. He loved karaoke, you know, he, brought, he was the guy that brought karaoke in. What was, was his, what was his, what was his song, Pat? What, what no, did he sing? He, he used to sing Let It Be, and it was a shocker. <laughs> he, he couldn't sing for possible, but he really opened the floor with us, you know. He was a real shocker. And, and then playing golf, I mean, when you played golf, him and I went over and played in a world cricketers golf event in Bangalore, and a, a night uh, golf brought together by all the cricketers around the world, uh, Capital Dead put it together. And Ricey and I went over, and, and uh, he was he, he wanted to win it. He was like, well, we've got to win this, you know. It's just like that. that, that, that that's how he was. You know, if, if he was riding a motorbike, we always used to joke, remember, he, he was into motor racing a lot, and we used to give him a lot of appeal about Maybe we should put the sponsor's logo underneath the vehicle because it spent more time on the damn roof, you know. <laughs> and he loved preaching in money. He really took it well, but when it came to winning, there was nobody that I know um, that was more more driven to being, uh, you know, there was no grade. You were first or you were lost. You, you didn't, there wasn't a runner-up or whatever. And that's how he, he lived his life. And, and I think that rubbed off onto a lot of people and he set the tone and the standard for, for us from 92 onwards, you know. I love that. Pat Simcox, thank you so much for sharing those memories with us. Much appreciated. Our condolences to you as well. A huge loss to you. I know you are very close to him as well. And thank you for, for taking the time to chat to us. Pleasure, Brad. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. As you've heard throughout the day, huge loss for South African and world crickets. Uh, Clive Rice passing away today. The news breaking earlier today. And uh, we wanted to pay tribute to him here on SAFM this evening as well. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome one of his teammates onto the program. Uh, Peter Welker, uh, Peter Kirsten joins us now. Peter, welcome onto SAFM Sports Wrap. Sorry about uh, this, the, the occasion that we're chatting on, but uh, thank you for joining us. And, and a huge loss. Uh, Clive Rice no longer with us. Yes, it is. It's a huge loss, and uh, my condolences to his family and, of course, uh, the, the, the global cricketing fraternity, uh, certainly myself, a very sad day. I, Clive Rice, Ricey was one of my favorite captains and, of course, his teammates and opponents. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable, really, when you come to think of it. He was a very healthy, fit, competitor man on the cricket field, and he, off the cricket field... You know, he was a different guy. He was a friendly, very approachable guy, and I was lucky enough to experience the complete Rossi. So, yeah, I just it takes me back to the first tour of India way back in 1991, that one-week 3 ODI match tour that we had. So, Rossi, rest in peace, my brother. Now, Peter, I wanted to ask you about that. You were obviously on that tour, that, that first tour back uh, post-isolation. It was a, a historic occasion. November 1991 is when it happened, and uh, it was a bit of a, a whirlwind occasion because it happened very, very quickly for you guys. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it came about and there was excitement, but uh, it was a, a landmark tour and, and one that uh, Clive Rice captains. He did. It was, uh, you know, when you think of it, it was really the only... A opportunity that Rafi had when South Africa became officially accepted into the world uh, cricketing arena and he was the captain uh, well do I remember that there was at the time Peter von Amava, the, the convener he had it in for a few of us older guys but <laughs> at least Rafi got the taste of three official ODIs and uh, 
as captain. I'll never forget him releasing those doves as we were about to, to take the field at uh, Eden Gardens in Calcutta. Uh, of course, we lost that match, but it was a huge occasion for us. And, of course, he was never to play for South Africa again after that. And when you take into consideration, he was chosen for the South African team in 1970 to tour Australia. And that tour was cancelled. So he, it's, it's ironical and very sad that the world cricketing fraternity wasn't able to see the great real Clive Ross, uh, the competitor, the gladiator that he was. Yeah, one of my favourite memories of, of him, Peter, and, and I'm sure you would, would agree, is he didn't get to taste full-on international cricket, but there was a, a Rebel tour, and I think back it was the mid, mid-1980s, the Aussies that came here, and there was that uh, famous game that's been nicknamed the Humdinger. Yes, it was, you know, that epitomized his, his, his fighting qualities. And, uh, you know, as I said, he was one of my favorite captains because he instilled this confidence in you. And, you know, he felt he could change the game on his own, which he did numerous times, of course. Uh, and that's the, the, that's the stage he wanted, he craved. He craved that world stage. Luckily enough, he was able to do it for Nottinghamshire and County Cricket and, of course, uh, the Packer Series, although brief, way back in 1979. So, you know, the Rebel Series obviously was another opportunity, although it's an it's a era that we didn't enjoy because of the, the politics of our country. But certainly, Rossi was that kind of a guy. Many great tussles, New Year clashes, Western Province versus Transvaal at Newlands every New Year. So, <laughs> you know, he, he was a great competitor. I loved playing against him. And uh, my favorite captain, too, because he thought I could bowl good offspins. And uh, <laughs> often he would toss the ball to me and say, Kersey, they have a bowl. I said, Rossi, are you sure you're doing the right thing here, bud? <laughs> he said, Kersey, you can bowl. So, you know, he was a great guy, great captain. But I love it. You mentioned playing with him and, and being captain by but uh, those those domestic battles in those days were pretty fierce as well. He he played for for what was then known as the Mean Machine Transvaal, and they they pretty much dominated domestic cricket in the 80s. It must have been a not not just coming up against him, but that team in general was was a fantastic team to play against. Well, they were they were well, they were an international team, and uh, you know it takes a strong captain to keep uh, legends and, and and sort of high profile players like that together, which he did. So, you know, he uh, was held in high esteem and uh, he, he was a very friendly golfer, certainly to me. Uh, I recall kind of cricket playing for Derbyshire against Nottinghamshire and Rossi was part of a very successful Nottinghamshire county cricket era with Sir Richard Hadley, the, the Kiwi, and, you know, he often invited me to go and watch Nottingham Forest play football. You know, they were European champions at the time, around about 79, 1980. So he didn't have to do that, but he did. And uh, the three of us used to have lovely evenings watching Nottingham Forest. So that was another side to him. I love that, Peter. And then just finally to wrap up, I mean, you, you've shared some of the, the great cricketing memories, but uh, sort of off the field, what, what's the one lasting memory and, and one thing that you think Clive Rice would want to be remembered for? Well, I think he was just, he was a very solid guy. You knew where you stood with him. That's what I enjoyed about Rice. You know, he was very approachable, certainly to me. He always had an eye for a business opportunity to Drassi. He was type of an entrepreneurial sort of a character. And I think his legacy was that he really wanted that international stage. But uh, though he didn't have it, he was positive off it. And he was a, he was a very positive sort of a guy. And uh, that's what I enjoyed about him. And just sadly, we were not able to play international cricket uh, for a longer period of time. Peter Kirsten, thank you so much for sharing your memories of Clive Rice with us here this evening and, and huge condolences to you too because I know you were very close to Clive Rice and uh, as you mentioned, your, your favourite captain yeah. to play under and, and we appreciate you chatting to us tonight. 
I enjoyed him immensely. SAFM Sports Wrap. We continue our tribute to the late Clive Rice here on SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, and uh, he was uh, an immense all-rounder, just uh, an incredible, incredible cricketer, as uh, many of our guests have uh, mentioned tonight. And I think that's probably one of the biggest legacies he'll leave on South African cricket is the the, the breed of all-rounders that followed uh, followed in his footsteps, and one of those is definitely Lance Klusner. Lance, welcome onto SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Lance, uh, a massive loss for South African cricket. I mean, Clive Rice was a, was a huge figure. Didn't get to, to play international cricket, obviously, because of what was happening uh, in, in South Africa for a long period of time. He basically just started his international career as, as we got back into the international fold. But uh, as far as all-rounders go, they didn't come much better. No, they didn't. And he's, um, you know, anyone who didn't really know Clive Rice is, is going... Go and have a look. Go and Google his record, and it's it's, it's absolutely uh, phenomenal. And um, yeah, the club was a teammate and a, and a close friend and a, and a mentor and a coach and all that to me. And you know, um, you know, he's always been somebody for me who's you know taught me so much. And you know, if I was half as good as as Clav was, it would, would be a great achievement. You know, that's how good he was. Lance, you, you obviously played uh, international cricket and, and, and performed really well on, the, on that stage. How, how much of, of your game would you say was moulded on what, what Clive Rice did? A lot. Um, you know, as I said, uh, I played with Clive, even if it was just uh, for a short time. Uh, he was my coach in, in, in uh, Nottinghamshire, um, mentor, my coach at the, at the Pascon Academy in those days. And... Uh, no, he was, he was just—he was just somebody who was just so keen to see, you know, young kids as we were improve, and he and he set the example and he set the standard. And um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a tremendously sad day to to, to actually uh, lose someone who, um, you know, contributed really to so much to South African cricket, and let alone um, you know what he was doing off the field and and what a good guy he was, you know. Lance, you you grew up in in that era where where Clive Rice was playing, and and we, we've mentioned the Humdinger throughout the day as well. I mean, that's been one of my lasting memories of Clive Rice. And well, what what would you say is your your biggest memory of him playing? I mean, you played with him, but you, you obviously watched him growing up, and and you you played cricket as a youngster. But what, what, if if you think back, what, what, what's the one thing that sticks out about Clive Rice and the way he played? <laughs> it's a funny one, actually. I mean, besides all his, I mean, the way he played and how good he was. Uh, you know, whenever I think of of, of Rasi, and um, you know, we spent so much time together. But uh, he was getting on, and he, he was probably in his early forties, and a couple of his last games. And we played a game in uh, in uh, in Buffalo Park in the, in the border, and, and he always used to like stand and slip. He, although he couldn't see a thing at, at forty and a bit, um, and uh, and the net came, and and, uh, and and Rasi dropped it, and and uh, there was only one person in the ground, and he just happened to be straight opposite. Where Clive was standing at slip, and he said, "Geez, you know, I'm terribly sorry, but I really didn't see that ball. That chap there in the crowd with the with the red hat kind of hit the ball on its way to me. And yes, it did line up, but it was. Whenever I think of Rossi, I mean, besides all the all the all the stuff, it, I always just have a chuckle, and, and and because he had a great sense of humour as well. There was just one one poor person in the whole ground, and <laughs> the cricket ball hit behind his red hat." I love that, Lance. Talk, talk to me about your time at Nottinghamshire with 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 Clive and 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 the time you spent there. Obviously playing county cricket, but it must have been nice to have someone that was close to home, that far away from home, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
you know, he was he was the rock that uh, you know you could go over there from from here to to know that uh, you would have someone that knows your game and and use you properly and, and help you settle in and and both of them, him and his wife, so were, were you know were tremendous for us and um, really made us feel at home and, and it is tough as a, as a youngster going over there to play county cricket. So you know, uh, as I said, you know, as much as uh, as good as he was on the field, I think he was even better. He was just a, a true gentleman and you know a, a, an example for all South Africans um, really to try and follow. The game of cricket has changed a lot over the last two two decades. Uh, and what what would you? I mean, some of the youngsters who are coming into the game now probably weren't lucky enough to to watch him play and and see what a fierce competitor mm-hmm. he was. What, what would you think he would want to impart on some of those youngsters coming through the ranks now who possibly could play for the pro tiers in in the years to come? Um, Rafi was tough as nails um, and a fierce competitor. And, um, his bowling to me was probably something that came more naturally than his batting. But, uh, you know, you go look at his record and he's got, you know, countless first class centuries. And, and, and where I'm going with that is that he was an extremely hard worker. He, he realized where he needed to get better. Um, and he had this, this immense passion really just to, to get better and to be the best in the world. And, uh, and Rossi did that. And, and, and the lesson for youngsters really for me is, just that grit and that determination and when nothing's happening in the game, you know, Rossi would be putting up his hand and asking for the ball um, and, and, and that is something I, I guess that aspiring young cricketers can, you know, really take from, from Rossi and, and, and I hope they do you know, it'll be it'll be something that uh, a legacy that maybe you know, they could take on from, from what he is and just being tough when the situation was really dire, you know yeah, and I think a lot's also got to be said with, with the, the span of his career. I mean, you, you look at the way guys are playing now in their careers. Yeah, they're fairly long, and, and there have been a couple of, of exceptions. You think of a guy like Sachin Tendulkar, but Clive Rice, I mean, first selected mm. for, for South Africa in 1970. That tour was cancelled, then was selected again in 1991. Yeah. I mean, that's 21 years at the highest level. And bowling as well, you know. It wasn't just someone like, like Sachin who, who, who bowled part-time, you know, Rossi. Rossi was a was a bowling all rounder, and um, you know to to stay on the go and to stay fit and to stay um, you know hungry for so long is 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 absolutely amazing. I mean you don't you don't often see those those cricketers these days, you know. And uh, those were the days before workloads were managed and how many balls were bowled and days before gym and and, and all that. So you know just a tribute to him how he looked after himself um, and. Um, it's another lesson that, that, that I guess aspiring cricketers can do, you know, is that he did the hard work. You know, he wasn't scared of the hard work or didn't hide behind how much workload he's done or how many games he's played. He just played every game and performed every game. Lance Luzer, thank you so much for sharing your memories of Clive Rice with us. Uh, I know it's a, a tough day for you as well, knowing him personally, but uh, we really do appreciate it and thank you for paying tribute with us. I really appreciate that. and a pleasure. Thank you. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, it's nearly time to say cheerio here on SAFM Sports Wrap, but uh, one of the SMSs coming through from Anton in Weinberg, Cape Town. He's saying he was honoured to have watched Clive Rice and Eddie Barlow 
Western Province against Transvaal. Epic Newlands battles every year. Those were epic battles. Anton, thank you for being in touch. You can send yours through 34701, your memories of Clive Rice. And uh, just to give you some background, Rice made his first-class debut back in 1969, a year before South Africa's last Test Series prior to isolation. Although he captained his country on their three ODI comeback tour of India in 1991, just months later, he was deemed at 42 to be too old to take South Africa to that 1992 Cricket World Cup. A record containing just three one-day internationals suggest a moderate cricketer, but Rice was far from that. Throughout the 70s and 80s for Transvaal and Nottinghamshire, he was one of the game's leading all-rounders, a punishing right-handed batsman with one of the most savage uh, cuts in cricket, a seamer capable of genuine pace throughout the 1970s, and a captain as hard-headed as any in the business. He attracted the attention of Kerry Packer's World Series cricket in itself, recognition of his abilities, and was an automatic choice for the South African teams against rebel tourists in the 1980s. He was also the epitome of the modern professional cricketer, quick to recognise the financial opportunities that began to arise from the game. And talking of those rebel tours, I mentioned it in my chat. Uh, one of my lasting memories of Clive Rice will be that bowling performance uh, against Australia in the match that is affectionately known as the Humdinger. If you can think back to that, Australia needing 18 runs of 19 balls with eight wickets in hand, and Clive Rice cleaned them up, including a hat-trick there as well, so fantastic. Uh, he was the driving force behind the Transvaal Mean Machine in the 1970s and 80s, similarly urging Nottinghamshire to success during the same period. Sadly, he was discarded by both South Africa and Transvaal at the end of his career, eventually moved to Natal uh, with Malcolm Marshall. He helped shape the formidable talents of Sean Pollock, Lance Kuzner, who we spoke to tonight, as well as John, John T. Rhodes. He subsequently returned to Trent Bridge as cricket manager. He was also the first manager of South Africa's Cricket Academy, and he will be sorely missed. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Much appreciated. We look forward to doing it again tomorrow night at 6.30 for myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. We'll have more sports news for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Right now it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.